Hey there, people-powered business community. Are you ready to transform the way you handle difficult conversations in your business? If so, I'd love you to join me for the Mastering Difficult Conversations workshop that I'm running next week. In just three interactive online sessions on the 18th, 20th and 22nd of March, you'll discover your unique leadership style, you'll master the art of impactful communication by learning the translation code, and you will build your personalized difficult conversations framework. Imagine tackling tricky team talks with confidence and ease, all for the special price for you listeners of just $47. But hurry, spots limited to ensure that we have an engaging experience for everyone. It's time to go from overwhelmed to empowered and lead your business with confidence. Just head over to peoplepoweredbusiness.com.au forward slash workshop to secure your seat now. Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hey there, Christy Lee here. Welcome to episode number 110 of the People Powered Business Podcast. I said that weird then, didn't I? 110. Hope you're doing well and having a fabulous week and welcome to this week's episode. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. Wonderful to have you here. And if this is the first time you have stumbled across the podcast, welcome. Always lovely to have new listeners joining us each and every week here on the podcast. Now, today we're taking a slightly left turn from last week's technical episode And I want to talk to you about one of your superpowers that I bet you didn't even realize you had. Today, we're unpacking why curiosity is actually cool. You see, I believe curiosity is a superpower that we all have, but sometimes we're a little bit wobbly in actually stepping in and using this superpower, especially in the world of business. For some reason, we think things need to be analytical and data-driven and informed and based on very much logical ways of doing things, which is true. Absolutely. We also want to be doing those things. But what about when we just make assumptions based on data and logic without actually thinking about asking questions? That's when we have wasted opportunities. Curiosity is actually a superpower. And when we can tap into it, we get so much more insight when it comes to our people. When we can get curious, we can lean in and have curious conversations. And I feel like I've been talking a lot lately about curious conversations in all kinds of forums, but they are such a powerful type of conversation. And I'm going to share with you where you can use curious conversations with your team today. And I also want to just have a bit of a chat about the risks we face when we fail to be curious. And in preparing for today's episode, I actually Googled, what's the opposite of curious? The word didn't come to me immediately. And it sort of hit me in the face when I was reading the different, and there's there's a variety of responses. But one word that came up, ironically, is actually a pet hate of mine. So it really spoke to me in terms of being the opposite of curious. And that is the word apathy. I 
absolutely am driven mad by apathy and apathetic people and apathetic attitudes. We don't have to agree, but I want you to have an opinion. I want you to be interested in whatever you're interested in. Apathy, the lack of care, drives me mental. So, but that's what we risk when we're not curious, right? So let's dive in a little bit more and chat about why curiosity curiosity is actually a superpower that we all have. My theory is this. Now, I don't know about you, but I was one of those kids that said, but why? A lot. And I mean a lot. To the point where actually my mother's response and her only response she had left by this stage was because why is a crooked letter and I can't straighten it. Now, I've asked lots of people whether that was a saying in their childhood, and I'm yet to find a person that has heard that saying before. So if you know that saying, if you have that said to you as a child, can you please reach out and let me know so I know I'm not the only one? But I would, you know, ask why, but why, but why, about the same thing incessantly because I was curious, right? You've told me that, but why? Yeah, but why? I must, I get it. It must have been annoying. And we've all had kids that, that do that as well. But I think naturally, as children, we are all innately curious. We don't accept things just as they are. We want to know more. We want to experiment. We want to dig in the dirt. We want to pull apart the insect. We want to, you know, create things. We are naturally curious as kids. And I have a theory that we lose this as we grow older. And it doesn't necessarily wait till adulthood either. I think in some ways our schooling system (laughs) helps us lose it. We lose it and we start to assume things. We start to pretend we already know. We start to join dots that actually don't exist in a way. And I remember when this really came true, uh, you know, in front of me, when I was at uni in my final year doing kind of a mini thesis project, I was studying criminology. I was actually studying forensic psychology at uni. So I was studying criminal behavior and criminal mind and perception of crime. And for this huge project we were doing, we were studying, our chosen study was the perception of crime in children. So we were doing this huge study and we actually interviewed hundreds, maybe even thousands of primary school children to try and understand how they perceive crime. And it was really interesting. We showed three different age groups of children, very young, like kindergarten, sort of mid-primary school around year three and four, and then years, you know, the older primary school kids, the year six kids. We showed them all the same video. So everyone was shown the same video, and then we spoke to them one-on-one, the children, about what they saw in the video. And here's what I noticed. This was really interesting. So what the, what the video showed them was it was a sporting field. There were kids playing, I think, soccer in the background or something. It was you know, soccer or rugby union or AFL field or something like that. And there were lots of people, as there always is, at kids sport on a weekend. And the vision showed them someone putting down a bag, like a sports bag. We didn't know what the contents were, but a, a black, big black kind of duffel bag and doing their thing, going off to do their sport or whatever. It showed the bag sitting there for a period of time. It showed someone walk past the bag. It did not show them picking up the bag and it did not show them with the bag at any point. 
it showed that they had left the field, like this person was no longer there and that the bag was no longer there. So someone walking past the bag, the next thing we see, the person's not there and the bag's not there, but we do not see the person pick up the bag or carry the bag at any point, right? That's what they saw. It was a few minutes of video, not too long. And this was what was interesting. The kindy kids, when we asked them, what did you see in the video? And we were asking specific but definitely not leading questions, <laughs> doing a fourth year of psychology, obviously. Um, and the kindy kids all said, actually, I don't know what happened to the bag. I saw the person and I didn't see the bag. I don't know what happened. What happened to the bag? They were really curious, they had, but they, they definitely had no clue what happened to the bag. They didn't make an assumption about what happened to the bag. In our second cohort, the mid-primary schoolers, we started to see some mixed responses. We started to see things like, I'm not sure what happened to the bag. Maybe that, that man picked it up because he wasn't there and then the bag wasn't there. I'm not sure though. So they were still curious, but they were starting to join dots about what might have happened. With our year sixes, they were emphatic. Oh, the guy picked up the bag and left with it. They didn't see that. They had joined the dots. Now, they had potentially been using reasonable, I guess, reasoning techniques that they had been learning at school, and they, and they thought they were really clever. <laughs> it was very cute. They thought they were so clever that they'd figured it out. They'd cracked the crime, um, and the man had taken the bag, despite them not seeing the man take the bag. But what I realized was they were losing their sense of curiosity. They weren't joining the dots and saying, it's possible that the man took the bag, but we didn't see that, so I really don't know. They'd lost the sense of curiosity by that later part of primary school. They had gone from kindergarten kids being really curious and unsure and not joining, you know, imaginary dots to year six kids completely switching the flick on that, flicking the switch is what I should say. And it was really fascinating. So if you apply that to our lives as kids, that curiosity, that but why, and I know as a parent it's annoying, it's such an important thing to do. But as we grow up, as we go through school, certainly as we head into the workforce, we lose it because we're taught to make assumptions. We're taught to follow a path that looks like the best course. We're taught to have the answers. Oh, that's so important, isn't it? We're taught to have the answers. We're not taught to get curious about finding the answers. And I think if we can all tap in to our inner child, tap into your inner Christy Lee saying, but why? And but why? <laughs> but why? When we can tap back into that, we actually have the opportunity to learn a whole lot more about our people and about our team. Stephen Covey says, seek first to understand and then to be understood. And I first came across that particular quote when I was, I was actually consulting with a business and it was a really large business. They had, when I say really large, large for a smaller business, they had about 200 staff and I was doing their HR for them. They didn't have internal HR and they'd had a new manager join them in a, I think it was like a state management role. And he had a tough gig on his hands. It was a company that had recently gone through a merger. Three businesses had combined into one. A very local business had become a global business. One of the merging businesses was based out of Japan. So we had some cultural changes going on in the business. And this guy was tasked with a really tough team, a team that had previously been part of a small company reporting directly to the now CEO of the business. 
a team that had been used to just going to the CEO's office and pretty much, to be fair, getting whatever they wanted. He was <laughs> he folded pretty quickly. And a team that had been used to just kind of running their own race. And as they become part of this larger business, there were a lot more rules. There was a lot more structure. They were being told different things. They were having to report to different people. They no longer had this direct line of access to the boss. And when, they, when you have that sort of, sort of change in a business, it is tough and not everyone loves it. And it can be a really difficult team to take over. And this is the team he was taking over managing. And I knew he had a tough team and I was in his office chatting to him about some of the challenges. And he, and he said, Christy, I just seek first to understand before I'm seeking to be understood. And I said, tell me more about that. I was really interested because he won this team over in a very quick period of time. And he got the guys on side, guys that were not on side when he joined. And, you know, these were tradey kind of guys. They were laborers and he needed them to do a great job. And they were really disengaged when he joined, but he listened. He had curious conversations with this team and that's what enabled him to get them on side and to get them working in the direction he needed them to ultimately. He really harnessed this power of curious conversations. And curious conversations are something I've been talking so much about in recent times. And I think it's something that we don't do enough of with our teams. Just today, I jumped off a call from a business that I'm working with. And I was talking to two very senior people in the business and we were talking about a very senior person in their business. And I said, has anyone actually had a conversation with this person about what they think and what they want? And no one had. Yet we were making assumptions about the role and the person and the business. We were having conversations and we fall into this trap so easily in business. We think we know what our employees are thinking. We think we know what the answer is. We think we know what the solution is. But if we don't get curious, we never, ever truly get the information that we need. Curious conversations are about asking open-ended questions. They are about being genuinely interested in what's being said, how it's being said, what follow-up questions to ask to dig a little deeper, to not just accept the surface-level answers. And when we get curious, we get into these curious conversations, the information we gain is so valuable to helping us make informed decisions about our team. You should be having curious conversations at interview. If you aren't really getting curious in interview, you absolutely are missing information. You're leaving stuff on the table. We should be having curious conversations in our performance reviews. Tell me more about that. I'm keen to understand this. Why is that so important to you? We definitely want to be having curious conversations when things aren't going right. Whether it's just a gut feel that something's off, whether things aren't actually going right, like think the wheels are falling off, or whether we just know something's off kilter here and we don't, and we don't trust our gut nearly enough. They are the times to be having curious conversations, not closed conversations, not one-way conversations, truly curious conversations. Because when we're not curious... Like I said, I googled the opposite of curious. It's apathy. Apathy is awful, right? Apathy means we don't care. Apathy means we're not engaged. Apathy means we're not learning. When we are not having truly curious conversations, we miss red flags. We miss warning signs. Some of the some are certainly subtle, but some of them are glaringly obvious. And we all say, you know, oh, in hindsight, I wish I'd seen that. Of course we do. We've all got 2020 vision in hindsight. We've all felt that way. But if we'd had the curious conversations, we just might have picked it up earlier. 
When we have curious conversations, we pick things up. We don't make the wrong judgment. We don't make judgments that lead to bad decisions in our business because we are making decisions from an informed basis, a truly informed basis. Now, I know a discussion about why curiosity is cool possibly is just me being indulgent on my nerdier side of things. (laughs) I'm quite a nerd. But I just feel when I'm talking to people so much lately that this is something we have at our disposal that we're not using nearly enough. It's free. It's easy. It is not time consuming. And if we can tap into our superpower of curiosity, then we will have better curious conversations. We will not run the risk of missing red flags and missing warning signs. And we're going to make better business decisions based on having much more informed information at our hands. So you're listening to this and you think, "Mm, maybe I need to be a little bit more curious. Or even if you're listening and you think, I think I'm pretty curious, go a little deeper. Get a little more curious. Ask more questions. But why? I guarantee you, you're going to get some gold out of it. That is a wrap for me today. Thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast. I'll be back again next week with a brand new episode. But in the meantime, if you have enjoyed this episode, I would love it if firstly you hit subscribe wherever you're listening so that you don't miss another episode. But also if you take a couple of minutes to leave us a rating or review. It does truly help to let people know that this is the kind of podcast that might be for them. And it lets us know which episodes you're finding interesting and you're enjoying and we can bring you more of those. So if you could spend a couple of minutes doing that, I would truly, truly appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining me here on the podcast and I'll speak to you again next week. 